Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in today. Dave Riesinger here. This is Redeemed Church Online. And today we're gonna to be asking this question, are we in the end? Is this the end of the world? Uh, that's a question that's been asked for so many years, um, so much so in certain circles that we can kind of tune it out like, ah, I've heard that one before. So today, I'm not gonna set any dates or make, make any predictions, but I do want to dive into this question of based on the scriptures that we read, these ancient scriptures from Daniel and John writing the, the revelation of Christ, even Jesus himself, these things that were written thousands of years ago, um, do they point to you and I being the last generation that will see the last hours of history and the unfolding of some of this apocalyptic writing before Jesus Christ returns? Last week, I asked this question, what if Jesus was really returning soon? How would that change your life? But today I really want to focus on, um, are we in that time frame? Because there are certain things that if you lived 2,000 years ago and you heard some of this stuff right out of the mouth of Jesus, uh, and then you applied it to the things that Daniel said, ah, uh, yeah, we, we see some of these signs, but it wouldn't be as prevalent and it wouldn't have come to a head like it is today prophetically. And so stay with me uh, because we're not just gonna go through facts, we're gonna go through the, the reason why it's important to, to contemplate these things and how it should impact our lives on a daily basis. So a lot of these signs, these symbols, these prophecies or foretellings, um, Jesus said they're like birth pains or the old school word was pangs. Um, I've never had a birth pang, although I feel like maybe I have after throwing down that third double cheeseburger and the large fry. I shouldn't have king-sized it. Um, that's the closest I can relate to it. But if you're a woman who's had a baby, you understand what Jesus is saying. These signs and these prophecies that are talked about regarding the events that will take place in the last of days, the end of the end of the end. Um, it's like a woman who, she's pregnant, you don't notice, all of a sudden, what does a pregnancy show us? There's more intensity when the contractions come, um, there's more frequency with these contractions, and there's more visibility. So Jesus said, the last generation will know when they read these things, there will be more frequency, there'll be more uh, intensity, and there'll be more visibility. And so I wanna go through just a list, and there's a long list, I'm not gonna cover it, I just wanna cover a handful of them. But here are some of the signs that point to the fact that maybe you and I could be the last generation, okay? Maybe we're not, you wait for yourself. Matthew 24, 33 says this, this is Jesus. So also, when you see all these things, you know the end is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Now it's interesting because he says, it, when all of these things are happening at once, uh, we've seen wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, pestilence. We've seen all these things take place, but some of the things that I'm gonna read on the list He's saying when all of them come together and they're happening at the same time globally and there's more visibility, more frequency, and more intensity to them, that's when you know that that generation, 
that sees these things all at once will not pass away until they see the return of Christ or the unfolding of those apocalyptic events. And so here's one interesting one. This is kind of fun. Um, Daniel, who did not have the internet, Daniel never got on a 747. Daniel did not have a smartphone or an Apple watch. But Daniel prophesied about high technology that we're using today. Some of the stuff that he said and others, it would be like, if it came out of my mouth or out of my pen, I would have to just sit and say, wait, wait, how is this possible? Like, I gotta be, I gotta be faithful and I gotta write down what I'm seeing here, or I gotta say what I'm hearing from the Lord. But it wouldn't have made sense to somebody like Daniel who doesn't understand or didn't understand some of the things that we're living in today. So here's what he says in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. And one of the signs is global travel, okay? Uh, but, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. And here's what he said. In the end days, many shall travel or run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Now, what does this mean? Think about this. Many will travel the earth to and fro. One version says rush to and fro, like speedy travel. And knowledge will increase. On the travel thing, just slow it down for a second. For 6,000 years approximately of human history, how did we travel? The fastest way we could get around was by horse. That was the, the, the quickest way. Right? And then, I mean, the first picture you see of a boat would have been Noah's Ark. But even, even George Washington, right, are the founding fathers of this nation. How did they get here? It was by boat. And even after the, the founding of this country, right, um, there was, it was boat and it was horse and covered wagon. That wasn't actually too long ago. In fact, we've got like paintings and even pictures of this is predominantly how people traveled. So think about 6,000 years, horses and boats, and chariots drawn by horses. And then all of a sudden, we hit this time in history where travel starts to change a little bit. So 1804, the steam-powered um, locomotive was created. So this is now a train. And when they first invented this, it couldn't beat a horse. The horse was still faster. And of course, the train, they had to stay on tracks, right? So they were made in England, and you know they were kind of inner-city um, uh, transportation. They got over to America. I think it was 1829. We started kind of our railroad system and then passengers started getting on board and they, they topped this thing out eventually at 36 miles per hour. And man, we could take like 30, 40 people and they could move. But that still doesn't match what Daniel was talking about. People rushing across the globe to and fro. And it says many, this is multitudes and multitudes that are, are traveling the globe. You're still not gonna get that on horses, on boats. You're not rushing anywhere on a boat, right? It takes a long time to get from one country to another across an Atlantic or Pacific Ocean. But all of a sudden, here comes the airplane, right? Uh, you, you might say the car, 1908, Henry Ford comes out, boom, he rolls it out, uh, the first Model T. But it was still a while before folks could afford it and started to adopt it and then they created streets where there was an infrastructure that people could travel. And still then, it was for those that had cheddar, right? Those that had money could do it. So multitudes weren't even touching that yet. 
Um, in, in the 1920s, airplanes started uh, get, getting put into use. Most of them were for mail. So they were delivering mail. Now it wasn't the Pony Express. We could actually get up in the air and we can deliver mail. Um, those planes were topping out at like 80 miles an hour. You know, then it got to 100 miles an hour. Um, but then you hit like the 1950s, 1960s, and commercial airlines started to really take place and it started to get affordable. And now you have millions and millions and millions and millions of people that are traveling annually all over the world. The technology of planes, um, even bullet trains and cars are getting uh, so advanced and have gotten so advanced that there's never been a time in history that Daniel's prophecy about the end of the end, it wouldn't have made sense until these last 60, 70, 80, 90 years. So just kind of a fascinating thought. He also says in that same thing that knowledge will increase. Now think about this. This is another just profound idea. Um, I'm not going to go through all you know the history of technology, but for the most part, if you look at the technological advances and you look at how um, you know instruments of medicine or um, even instruments of war or um, computers the modern day computer and how much those things have advanced even in our lifetime so forget history I mean you you can do the research yourself and you probably know it off the top of your head we really did not have we were an agricultural uh, community or society not very long ago. Oh, and then bam, we got into this industrial revolution and now factories were being made. That was a big advancement. But if you look at how much time went from Adam in the garden to our great-great-grandparents not too long ago, basically doing the same thing, planting, farming, living off the land, manual labor, horses, animals, you know, uh, creating clothing, uh, you know, selling it, bartering. It was, it was pretty much the same for thousands and thousands of years. And then in the last hundred years, y'all, like, okay, now Daniel's prophecy is really kicking into high gear. I was just thinking back in my own lifetime, since high school, you guys remember the cassette tape? Now, I know some of you baby boomers, you, you were into eight tracks and whatever, but the cassette tape, I remember like, you know, listening to these things, you would had a Walkman and if you wanted to find a song, you had to like fast forward and guess where the song was. You couldn't just click to the next track. You couldn't like tap your, your screen and fast forward 10 seconds. Uh, you know, you'd have to like, uh, I, I went 15 seconds too far, rewind. I missed it by five seconds. It was, uh, it was, it didn't really bother me because I didn't know what to compare it to. It was a major breakthrough. And I, I thought like this was the, the highest form of invention that would ever be created because I was so into music. But then it wasn't long after that we got CDs. And all of a sudden like I've got a disc man. And I remember in, in the gym, I'm bench pressing, I got this disc man with this CD in it. And uh, how, how many know what I'm talking about? You had to lug it around, couldn't fit it in your pocket. It was just, it was like kind of carrying, it was like carrying a, like a VCR, like a mini VCR that had headphones attached to it. It was so annoying, but like, I used to walk around like, you know, kind of strutting like, yo, just got a disc man. Like, you guys are still stuck on the cassettes. You need to get with the, you know, 1992 or whatever it was. And I, but I remember like getting so annoyed in, in the gym because I got this thing on my chest and it's spinning 
and I'm trying to bench and I was a bodybuilder even back then. As you can tell, I've stuck with it. Um, I wear modest clothing to hide it so nobody stumbles. That's just how I roll. Christianity 101. Uh, but all, wow, I got ADD. Look at me. I'm just all over the place. So, so I'm benching and this thing would fall off. And remember those cheap headphones that went with it? It was this like cheap metal strap. It didn't apply any pressure. These two little foam things and it would fall off your head if you walk too fast. And I literally remember having this thought, man, can you imagine if I could put this walk or this uh, disc man down on the side of the bench and somehow, in some way, there would be a signal that went to my headphones. I didn't understand that I could even call it wireless, right? And, and this is just in my lifetime. And I'm not, I'm not an old dude. Um, and, then it was the, uh, and then it was the shuffle. You remember, what was it, the iPod shuffle or whatever? And so you could put like 50 songs on this little deal. What was the problem with the shuffle, though? It had no screen. You couldn't tell, like, which songs were in which order so you had to like click through 48 songs to find try, try and find your song and you had to like listen to the intro of the song to, to know if it's the one you wanted but now look at us we've fast forwarded and everything has ended up on our phones daniel said there'll be global travel and knowledge would increase technology would advance exponentially and knowledge has doubled and doubled and tripled and quadrupled you know that we have more computing power in our phone today, our cell phone, than they did in the space shuttle and the spacecraft that went to the moon. Think about that. Your phone now has become, you remember, remember the pager, right? So someone would beep you and then you'd have to like go find a payphone to call them back. It's now your beeper. It's now your music. It's now your computer. It's now your camera. It's your... It's your photo album, it's your TV, your fax machine, it's your library, it's your gaming station, your GPS, your flashlight, you do banking and events, all on your phone. All on your phone. Daniel was pointing to a sign or a signal that would only be um, recognizable in the last generation. Here's another one. Um, global tracking and digital, digital currency. Come on, man, what did these ancient prophets know about Bitcoin? <laughs> Not even Bitcoin, but think about this. Like, when else would this have been possible? Revelation 13, 16. John's writing what he sees, this revelation. It says, he required, speaking of the Antichrist and the, and the, and the beast, the false prophet, he required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. And no one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Now, I'm not going to try and dive into like what the, uh, what the mark is. Is it, is it your phone? Is it the, you know, being chipped? I mean, there's people getting chipped right now to get into elite clubs in Europe. Uh, I don't want to get into that. But what we do know is when in history have you not been able to do financial transactions um, uh, with, with uh, who could shut it down? That's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, anywhere in the globe, the Antichrist can stop you from purchasing um, if you don't take the chip or the number or the mark, whatever it is. There's a number attached to it. You know that you could find out of 7 billion people right now, you could find the person you're looking for out of 7 billion if you have their address, if you have their name, if you have their bank account, 
social security number, whatever. There are digits that go into being able to track people, right? And so the ability to track folks, to control people's money, to shut folks down, this is all possible only when we get into a financial system where your money isn't so much the paper you hold in your hand, but it's the digits or numbers attached to your account and your financial ability to buy and sell. This is why you see everything getting more cashless. You've got Venmo, you've got Cash App. You know, no longer can you say, hey bro, no, I got the money, the check's in the mail, I forgot to, to, to mail it. Okay, you wanna mail it? Get on Cash App right now and in five seconds I can have my money. There's no excuse, why? Because it's all numbers, it's digits. Now can you imagine the same way they can shut your card down if they sense fraud? When has this ever been possible? We're all more and more being tied to a digital system where it will be, it's not evil, in fact, it's very convenient. The system isn't evil, you know, uh, credit cards aren't evil. In fact, a chip in my hand is not evil in and of itself, but it can be used for evil, especially if it's in conjunction with allegiance to an antichrist, and in your heart you know that you're denying Christ. So again, another topic, but fascinating, there's no way this could be um, tied to any other generation except the one that we're in right now, right? So not only that, but just the, uh, the, the tracking. Um, come on, raise your hand if you've got Alexa in your house and you can just speak. Hey, turn on this song. Play me a little Barry White, a little mood music. You know, play me some kid bops for the kids. You can just say Alexa and she answers. Now, that means that Alexa is listening. And again, I'm not saying it's evil. I don't have it in my house, but your phones are listening to you, right? We, we know this. It's proven. They're not denying it. Um, it's how they can send ads and customize ads to you. No joke, the other day, I'm talking about my little six-pound dog that has stomach issues because um, I fed him against my daughter's will, fed him a bunch of steak. He can't handle it. And I was literally trying to argue with my daughter, like, how can a, how, how can a dog not eat steak, Abby? Like, that's what they were created to eat. Well, it uh, ended up throwing up on her bed. That wasn't a good day and my daughter gave me the cold shoulder for a little while. But I started just having this conversation about dogs with stomach issues, little dog, he can't handle that much. No joke, about three hours later, I'm on my feet on social media and there's an ad that pops up. It's literally a dog that's the same size, almost looks like my dog. And it says, does your small dog have stomach issues? Try, I mean, come on, is that coincidence? The point being that we've never been in a time that we can be tracked um, and our finances shut down. He's prophesying about a technology that only exists in this day and age. And one great piece of news that I just saw, I just read, the iPhone, the new iPhone that's coming out, it will now have a green light anytime an app has activated your camera and someone's watching you through the app. How comforting. Before, I didn't know when someone was watching me through my own phone camera, but thank you, Apple. You've now showed me when that's happening so I can go and shut the app down. Come on, we are living in a time that was prophesied by ancient folks who had no idea under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Revelation, this is, a, this is very interesting. Um, Revelation eleven seven, and I'm not going to read it, but um, it talks about the two witnesses that are preaching the gospel in the uh, tribulation and it says that they'll be killed and it said every tribe, tongue, and nation 
and people around the world will watch their bodies lay in the street for three and a half days. That's impossible without the internet. When has the whole world got to witness anything at the same time? I can go on to Facebook Live right now and people in Zimbabwe could be watching me, right? And so it says that there'll be an event. Now this was written 2,000 years ago. There'll be an event where these two witnesses are killed, their bodies are laid, they won't allow them to be buried, and the whole world will watch. And it says that the people from around the world will celebrate and send gifts one to another. Come on, man. I mean, if that's not the Amazon era, right? Amazon gets stuff you so quick. You can, you can just think about it. You don't even need to type it in anymore and Amazon's knocking at your door. Were you thinking about these new boots, sir? Right? It's so fast. Like, this is not possible without the modern day technology that was prophesied about. And again, it may not be Amazon, but it's, it's our connectedness. The other sign that will be prevalent in the last generation will be a great falling away. Now, this is where it gets down to the heart matters and the human matters. 2 Thessalonians 2.3 says, no, no one should deceive you in any way because it is not until the apostasy or the falling away shall come first and the man of lawlessness shall be revealed the son of destruction. Jesus says the same thing in Matthew 24, 10 and 11. Um, verse 10 says, and, many, and then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. What is this falling away? It says in the last generation, in the very end of the end, that uh, there will be a departure from the faith. Now, whether this is people that were just religious, they were going to church and they went through the motions and you know, they, they had this belief in God, but they weren't really truly saved. Or whether it was like John 6, 66, Jesus has all these disciples following him, more than even his 12. And it says in uh, John 6, 66, it says, from this time, many of his disciples, these were his followers, turned back and no longer followed him. And so it says that this age, that this, at the very end, it will be marked by a decline in faith, a decline in connectedness to Christ, to the church, and to the calling on the believer's life or those who think they're believers, right? So to fall away from something means that you were connected at one time. Now, I'm not saying this is people losing their salvation necessarily. There's good arguments on both sides. But sometimes the wheat and the tares, they look the same. Sometimes you got folks that come to church and they were never saved in the first place. They needed something to ease their conscience or it's just a good old American tradition that we go to church, we got our Bibles, we got our flag, we eat red meat and we go to baseball games. I, I don't know. But the hearts of the true believers will be exposed and those who were never connected or loosely connected will be exposed and they will fall away. We've watched and the numbers show it there has been this steady decline in faith. Generation after generation, less and less are churched or reached or consider Jesus Christ the only way, the, the, the only truth and the only hope for salvation. There was an interesting article by Kerry Newhoff that we talked about on our staff and he talked about how this trend of faith declining when COVID hit, when there was this massive shock to the system he makes the case that it pushed us forward 10 years and that should there have been no pandemic, that we would be in 10 years basically where we're at now, that we just jumped, quantum leaped 
and you're seeing people that, you know what, 10 years from now would have never been dedi dedicated because there's this maybe, maybe apathy or there's an excuse or we get caught up in life. I don't know what the issue is, but you will see that people will no longer be devoted to Christ um, and it will be increasingly so. In fact, Paul encourages Timothy, um, who's a young preacher, he says, preach the word, be prepared whether time is favor favorable or not, uh, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching for the time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. He's just reiterating this and he's saying, hey, look, um, people are going to want a message, a church, um, a, a faith that fits their own selfish desires. And let me close with this last idea. Jesus says that in the end, it'll look like it was in the days of Noah before the flood hit. And I don't know if you've read this before, but it's, it's underwhelming and it's overwhelming at the same time. It says, No one knows about the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, no, here's, 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 what, here's what it was like, and society will be the same. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage up until the day Noah entered the ark, and they were um, oblivious until the flood came and swept them all away, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Check this out. Is there anything evil about eating? No. What about drinking? Well, it didn't say they were getting drunk. They were just drinking. So not really. They were marrying. That's God's institution. Is there anything evil about that? And giving in marriage, nothing evil about it. You know what he's saying here? That in the end times, people will just be going about their normal life, their celebration, their barbecue, their baseball game, their thing, their life. Nothing evil about it. But there'll be a total lack of awareness and engagement in the faith. And there'll be such a lack of readiness and preparedness that people will be caught off guard because, yeah, I don't need church. I don't really need to pray. You know, life is good. At the same time, there'll be waves of contractions that bring tribulation and suffering and pain. But in the middle of those contractions, oh, life goes back to normal. 9-11's over, right? We, we're fine. Our military took care of it. The war's over there now. Let's go back to normal life. And so we will be duped into not recognizing the day. So what's my message? The, 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 the close to this message is this. Um, one of the last signs Jesus says in the end time will be global evangelism. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a testimony to the nations and then the end will come. Now listen, this is a time, right? I'm not saying that it's happening tomorrow. I'm not making any predictions. But Jesus said to be ready, to make sure your heart is pure, to make sure that your mind is focused, to make sure that you're not caught off guard, to make sure that Jesus is Lord of your life, to make sure that you are leading your family on to God's agenda, to make sure that you don't have these distractions, whether they're evil things or they're just good things that keep us from God's best. We are living in a time where the signs of the prophets of old that, that have never made sense in any other generation have now come into this category of when you see all these things, know 
that the end is near, it's even at the door. I wonder if this could be the generation that sees the coming of Christ, and are you ready? I wanna pray with you right now, and I don't know where you're at, but I know God knows where you're at. He knows your heart and He loves you, and He wants you to experience His victory, His blessing, His forgiveness, and the abundant life that He purchased for you through His blood. So why don't you pray with me? Come on, let's bow before uh, the Lord as, as He's with us right now. So Lord, by your Holy Spirit, for those that are watching that have been distracted and really aren't on mission, aren't connected to your community, the church, are just kind of going through life unaware. And God, I pray that you would just open our hearts, our minds to recognize what's important, that we would prioritize you and your kingdom. And for those that don't know you, for those that have never believed on Jesus as Savior, right now I pray that God, they would turn to you and that they would believe on the only one who can save us from the eternal damnation that, that is awaiting everybody who doesn't receive the healing and the hope that only comes through Jesus Christ. I pray that God, you would fill them with your spirit right now, even as they're believing on you, and that you would transform their life and show them the plan you have in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you for watching today. If this is an encouragement to you, send it to somebody else. Um, pray that you'd have a great week. If you want to know more about what's going on at our church, you can go to redeem.church. God bless.